Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. But the book of Habakkuk, chapter number three. Um, I gave them a couple of other scriptures, and I'm going get, to get to verse 17 in just a moment. But verse number two states this. O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Verse number three states, God came from Timon, the Holy One, from Mount Parent, Selah. His glory covered the heavens and the earth. Let me hear you say the earth was full of his praise. Verse number 17 states, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of olive may fail, the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there will be no herd, in the stalls. That is a bleak picture, my friend. That, that is not pretty. That is not a place I want to live, um, mainly because it said there's no food. Um, <laughs> but it then states, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on the high hills. And that concludes the book of Habakkuk. He tells this bleak narrative of, of what is coming, but then he says, I will rejoice in the Lord. For the next few moments tonight, I want to preach to you my anyhow praise, my anyhow praise. How many... Um, well, let's, let's not let everybody look straight ahead. If you know somebody that's got an excuse for everything, don't nudge them, don't look at them, but they typically probably are seated close to you. We've got an excuse for everything. Man, I feel a witness in the Holy Ghost right now. <laughs> but we've got an excuse for everything. And there are some times where we say, uh, we get to the point, and my wife, when we first got married, if I there was a project that she wanted me to do, I, my, my go-to response was, we'll think about it. And if I, meant, if I said, we'll think about it, it meant that I was not going to do that uh, unless the Lord came and spoke to me in a dream and a vision. However, there are times where we get excuses, and for example, we may be doing something and there may be obstacles in our way, and we just persevere and make it happen anyway. And um, if you are one of those people that everything is going wrong and you still can find ways to just push through, that is not, that's a rare talent because there are times where situations can take people out. They're, they're just done. However, there are times in our walk in our relationship with God where we just have to push through anyhow. We can be hurt. We can be offended. We can be cast down the enemy has tried his best but we've just got to push through anyhow we've just got to keep going but sometimes in our walk in our relationship with God and what I feel the Lord speaking to us tonight is this is that the enemy will try to take 
your praise. If he can get your praise, he can get to the rest of you. You want to know why? Well, because he was a praiser in heaven. We know that. that that's nothing revelatory, but he was a praiser in heaven. So the enemy knows that if he can take your praise, if he can take your worship, if he can take your, your expression to God of how great he really is, he can begin to sink the ship. However, we see that in Habakkuk, there is a narrative that is written. Habakkuk was written against the backdrop of apostasy and judgment and unbelievable hardship, which sounds a lot like where we're living today. It was written during the time of the king of Judah, Jehoiakim, the people. He brought them back into idolatry and away from the Lord. And as a result, God is getting ready to judge the nation. But there is a prophet in the name of Habakkuk who is having a trouble understanding why God would use the heathen nation like Babylon to punish his people. He cannot understand why God wouldn't just purge their sins and draw them back to righteousness. However, he argues his case with God. And you can read through Habakkuk as he argues his case. But then he realizes and he comes to the realization of this. That God is not to be worshipped just because of who the temporal and material blessings that he provides in physical life. But then Habakkuk has this revelation that if we are ever going to get a glimpse and if we're ever going to praise our way out of our circumstance and our situation, we have got to praise him just for who he is. And I've come simply to tell somebody tonight that if you are looking for victory, if you are in the middle of what seems like the worst things are happening to you, perhaps God is just waiting on you to begin to praise him for who he is. God, you may never answer another prayer, but I'm still going to praise you for every prayer that you've already answered. You may never heal me from this sickness or from this infirmity, but God, I'm going to praise you when my brother or my sister gets a healing, God, because I will praise you in spite of. So Habakkuk writes this, and then he begins this song in verse number three, and he ends with this, this unchanging belief that when we know who he is, we don't have to worry about anything. Why? Because we can have an anyhow praise. And I have just come on this Wednesday evening to remind somebody that when the enemy has given you his best shot, you can still praise God. When the world has tried to turn your life and my life upside down, you can still praise God. Why? Because your anyhow praise is the thing that can bring you out. Your anyhow praise is the thing that can lead you into a deeper place. Your anyhow praise is the thing that can set your family on fire for God. See, Habakkuk is dealing with things that he doesn't understand and, and, and saying, God, why are you doing this and why are you doing that? Have you ever been there? God, I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand why this is going on. Have you been there? And all of a sudden, Habakkuk says, yet will I praise him. What was he saying? He was saying, God, your ways are higher than my ways. They're past my finding out. But I know this, that if I can just praise the one who created me, if I can just praise the one who can deliver me, I know that on the other side of my anyhow praise, there will be a breakthrough. There will be victory. All I've got to do is create in my mind that regardless of what happens, I'm going to praise 
You see, he comes to this realization that God is not to be praised. And we, it's a good thing to thank God for everything that he's done. And that's thanksgiving. But when we praise God, we're praising him simply for who he is. And Habakkuk comes to this realization. And he says that it is time to praise. It is time to praise. You see, I grew up in an era, era where on Sunday nights we would have shout-down service Sunday mornings would be more of that uh, trying to reach your community service but on Sunday nights somebody would get up and testify and they would start singing that song you know this is back when um, I'm gonna show my age here a little bit this is back when we used to just allow people that had a testimony to just stand up and if they felt like singing they'd come up to the front and sing man I am so thankful we've been delivered from those days but we had this one lady in our church Growing up, and I went to a hillbilly church, man. It was country in Pennsylvania where I, when I, my first few years of remembering church, like hillbilly. Like, it wouldn't be uncommon to see a banjo on the platform. And I remember we had this one lady who would get up and she would sing. And she would begin to sing that old song that if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that he could solve them. Sing the song through it all. And I remember those are some of my first years and memories in church is hearing the saints tell about things that they went through and get up and testifying and say this had happened to them and, and that had happened to them and they received this doctor's report and that doctor's report but they would always end it with if I never had a problem I wouldn't know that he could solve them through it all. And through the early years of my life, I began to realize that this God that we serve, in spite of where we're at, He is still worthy of our praise. And so some of the first memories that I have in church are situations of people that were sick in body. I remember the, uh, when uh, the church that for the first four or five years of my life, our pastor had received a horrible doctor's report, and I remember him looking so weak and so frail. But I remember on a Sunday night, he got up there and he gave it his all in worship and he couldn't move after the service. He was so shot. But these are the things and these are the memories that I have beginning to form in my relationship with God as a young boy. And what I'm trying to encourage somebody tonight is this, that even though those memories, you may not have those same memories, but you still have the times where God healed you, where God delivered you, where God brought you out, where God brought somebody else out. And if we can begin to think about those things, our anyhow praise gets a whole lot easier. We say, God, I may be going through it right now, but I'm still going to praise you anyhow. God, I may not understand it right now, but I'm still going to praise you anyhow. God, I may not know what tomorrow may hold or how this bill's going to get paid or how that bill's going to get paid but God anyhow in the moment I'm still going to praise you why because you are so good because you are so worthy and the majesty of who you are is worth my anyhow praise see as I grew up I continued to see this throughout time and time again and there would be Sunday night services and Sunday morning services. There would be revival services. And there would be times where I would look over and I would see the elders of the church that could barely move. They would need assistance getting into the church. But all of a the sudden, they would begin to get with the man of God or the woman of God while they were preaching. The music would begin to play. And all of a sudden, I'd see those hands go up. Or maybe they were just down here. Or maybe they were just voicing something. But what was forming in my mind that I was learning was that there was somebody that 
knew how to praise God in spite of their situation. There was somebody that said, I'm not going to allow something to determine it or detract away from what God is trying to do. And I've got a praise inside of me that I've got to give to this God, to this creator, to this creative God who saw me. And throughout my life, I have seen people praise God anyhow. And if you've been in church for any period of time in your life, chances are you remember a service where somebody just got a breakthrough that they were looking for, they had been praying for. And you've probably seen some of that here in the last few years at the Life Church. Or if you're brand new to the Life Church, if you stick around long enough for a service or two, you'll see somebody that just knows how to praise God just to get their breakthrough. And throughout my life, I just began to say, you know what? If they could do it, I can do it. If they could praise God when the doctor's reports are bad, I can praise God when the doctor's reports are bad. When I don't know how we're going to get from point A to point B, I can still praise God. So Habakkuk writes this beautiful story. And he says that I will praise, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. And tonight, I just want to tell somebody, and I felt this in the Holy Ghost as we were singing this song, singing those songs before this, that the enemy has taken some of your praise. The enemy has tried to silence what you want to give to God, but God is saying here tonight, See, I don't want to wait for eternity, as the song said, Sister Andrea. I want to worship him now. When I get to eternity, that's the icing on the cake. But right down here, right now, I just want to be able to throw my hands up and say, you know what? In spite of the darkness, in spite of the problems, I will worship him anyhow. I've got a praise that I've got to let out. I've got a God that is worthy of all the praise, all the honor, all the adoration, and all the glory. Why? Because he is worthy of it. He is majestic. He is mighty. And he is holy. Let's clap our hands to the Lord tonight. And so... Throughout the Old Testament and throughout the New, we read time and time again where God reminds his people that he is worthy of their praise. <clears throat> you see, when people, you and I, there have been services where I did not feel like worshiping. Just being transparent with you. And I'll be real transparent with you. In 2017, <clears throat> shortly after the doctors told us that we would not be able to have kids, Father's Day service came. And I gotta tell you, I was as checked out as someone could be in a church service. I'm just being transparent with you. I remember sitting over here and I remember saying, I, wanna, I want to lift my hands. I, and, and most of you know me, I'm usually the first one down here and I just, I, I, just, I didn't feel it. I sat in my seat the entire service. And I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated. And I remember towards the end of service, Bishop Gleason was preaching and said, you know, we want to pray for the fathers. And I stood right there. And 
I said, man, I said, I'm not going to be able to go down there this year. But something inside of me spoke. And I just remember it almost as clear as day. It just kind of came to my mind that this would be the last Father's Day. That I would not be a father. And I want to tell you that I threw my hands up, ran around the church. I did not. That night I got home and I remember just being frustrated. I still couldn't shake that feeling. But I remember just a few weeks later that I just began to say, you know what? Even if it doesn't come to pass the way I envision it coming to pass, he's still worthy of my praise. And for some of you, that may, may not be where you're living. You may be, you may be facing some, some massive mountains that are in front of you, some giants. But I'll never forget as I made it up in my mind, I said, you know what? I don't care what the doctors say. I don't care what the future may hold, but I'm going to praise God. And the, the next few services, I just gave God all I had, and I said, God, it's yours. You do what you want, and I'm okay with it. Fast forward the next year on Father's Day. Vienna had just been born just a month before that, and all of a sudden, I began to realize that when we, it's okay sometimes to just, to just sit there just sometimes and just think about where you're at. But you can't lose your praise. As we just sung about, and again, these songs, we, I had no clue what we were singing tonight before we walked in here, before this, before this service. But I've just come to remind somebody that whenever the enemy has thrown his best at you, you can't lose your praise. Why? Because there is still a God worthy of all of our praise. Yet will I praise him. Yet will I trust him. Yet will I joy in the God of my salvation. So how do we get our praise back? How do we get to the point where we can worship him and praise him when all the things are going wrong? On January 4th this year, God woke me up and he said, my joy is returning to the people of the Life Church. I've come tonight to give somebody a prophetic word that the joy that the enemy has stolen from you is coming back. The reason being is the joy of the Lord is your strength. You want to know how you get your praise back? You get your joy back. And you say, God, I don't care what the world may throw. I don't care what the enemy may throw. But I am getting my joy back. I'm not leaving this house tonight until the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm here to tell somebody tonight that when you get the joy of the Lord, your praise all of a sudden goes to a new level. Your praise all of a sudden begins to come back. You see, when Ezra wrote that verse in Nehemiah 8 and 10, he was speaking to a remnant of Israel who had returned to rebuild the city. It was time for restoration, not only of the city, but also to the people and their relationship with God. What was he saying? He said, when you get the joy of the Lord back, you get your joy, you get your praise, you get your walk and your relationship with God back. And I have come simply to tell somebody tonight that if you want an anyhow praise, you've got to get the joy of the Lord back. 
You've got to stay there and say, God, I need your joy. I need your joy. Why? Because it's the strength. It's the strength that the Lord provides. If you want to make it in the last days, you've got to have the joy of the Lord. If you want to make it and survive all of the attacks of the enemy, you've got to have the joy of the Lord. Let's lift our hands. Let's stand to our feet right now and lift our hands. As the musicians come, Psalms 30 and 5 states, For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but his joy comes in the morning time. As we sang about on Sunday, the joy of the Lord is coming. The joy of the Lord is coming. Come on, let's just clap our hands right now to the Lord. Woo! It goes on and it states, Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, my helper, you have turned my mourning into dancing to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent, O Lord, my God. I will give thanks to you forever. If you want an anyhow praise, you got to get the joy of the Lord back. You've got to get the joy of the Lord back. And here's what we're going to do tonight. I believe that the Lord is speaking to you prophetically tonight that my joy is returning. There are some of you who it's been a long time since you felt the strength of God. And by the strength, you felt the joy of the Lord. There are some of us that have suffered loss. There are some of us that have suffered tragedy. And we just have had a hard time getting back the strength of God. But I've come tonight on this night in June to tell you that the joy of the Lord is returning to you. What I would like you to do, if you can, I just want you where you're at right now to lift your hands and I want you to just lift your voice to heaven right now. If you need the joy of the Lord to come back into your life, I want you to just begin to say, Lord, I'm ready for the joy. I'm ready for the joy. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. We've got somewhere else to go before this service is over, but just lift your voices right now. Just let the joy of the Lord come back. Come on, there's strength in the body right now. There is strength in the church right now. Come on, I bind every attack that the enemy has told you that you can never have your joy back. I bind every attack on your mind that says you can't praise God, that you can't worship God, and I send that lie back to the pit of hell. But I have come to tell somebody tonight that the joy of the Lord is returning to you. Come on, that's it. Just let it out right now. 
Come on, that joy is going to wash over you right now. Come on, he's turned your mourning into dancing. He's done it. He's going to do it right now. And before we come to this altar, in the book of John, chapter number 16, it states this. Therefore, you now have sorrow. This is Jesus speaking. He says, you now have sorrow. But I will see you again, he says. In your heart will rejoice. And your joy no one will take from you. I have come to tell somebody tonight under the unction of the Holy Ghost that if you allow the joy of the Lord to come back to you tonight, there will be no devil in hell. There will be nothing that the enemy throws against you that will take your joy back. Why? Because Jesus is in it. If you want your joy back, I want you to come to the altar tonight. If you need a touch, some fresh joy, some fresh strength, I want you to join me at the altar this evening. I want us just to lift our hands right now. Come on, God's doing something right now. We don't need a special prayer. We don't need anybody to lay hands on us right now. But the joy of the Lord is coming back right now. The Holy Ghost is moving in this place. Come on, the enemy has lied to you long enough that you can't praise God, that you can't worship, that you can't do this. But I have come to bind those lies and send them back to the pit of hell because the joy of the Lord is returning. Why? Come on, that's it. Just lift your voice right now. Maybe you need to jump for joy for a moment. Maybe you just need to clap your hands. Maybe you just need to throw your head back and begin to speak with other tongues. But the joy is coming back. Hallelujah. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to release the word of faith. And I'm going to thank God and we're going to praise God. And I'm going to release joy in this house. And when I say in Jesus' name, I want you to shout hallelujah with all that you've got. If you want the joy of the Lord to come back into your life, I want you to shout hallelujah with all that you've got. So let's lift our hands right now all across this place. Just begin to lift your voice and we'll get ready here in just a moment. Right now, by the authority of the Word of God and the power that is in the name of Jesus, I release the joy of the Lord upon your people, O oh God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details. Thank you.